In Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, and we'll begin at verse 24. Matthew chapter 17 and beginning at verse 24. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. You want to stand up while we read? Okay. Thank you. Matthew 17, verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. What a statement. Go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take, and give unto them for me and thee. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time tonight. What a blessing. My wife and I, our hearts have been so blessed today being in this uh, wonderful church. Thank you for the pastor and his wife and family, their kindness, hospitality, the people here welcoming us, God, just a tremendous place. Thank you for raising this place up. Continue to use them, and may the gospel light continue to shine brightly around the world from this place. Now, Lord, we want to be a blessing. You know our heart. And I pray you'll guide our hearts and our thoughts. It be pleasing in your sight. Use us for Christ's sake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I believe tonight that missions is the heartbeat of God. Now, missions can be going to the other side of the world, to some of these countries, or it can be going right next door, or across the street, or at your school, or on the job, sharing Christ. We come in here to worship. We go out there to the mission field. As the preacher said this morning, Jesus said, the world is the mission field. And so wherever we are, and I believe that God's heartbeat is on mission. He gave the Lord Jesus, his only begotten son, to be our savior. At whosoever may believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God for that. Jesus gave himself willingly on the cross of Calvary for us. And by his precious blood, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, and we are saved forever. I'm glad God took care of that. I lose things quite frequently and can't find them. I thought, used to think my wife would hide things purposely just to be able to say, you can't find nothing. But now she can't find things. And so uh, I'm glad God took care of that matter for us regarding salvation. That we know in whom we have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And so thank God for it. Through the work of missions, the gospel is proclaimed and souls are saved and churches are established. Our nation doesn't need more politicians, God knows. 
But what we do need is more gospel preaching churches that will help start other churches. I believe churches plant churches. And so we go from there to share the message of Christ. Jesus likened soul winning to fishing. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible said that Jesus walked the shores of Galilee and there were two brothers, Andrew and Simon Peter, or Andrew and, and Peter his brother, uh, casting a net into the sea. Jesus said unto them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The Bible said they left all, uh, they straightway left their nets and they followed him. He went a little further, there was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and they were mending their nets and he called them to follow him and immediately they left their ship and their father and followed him. These men went from being professional fishermen to being soul winners and servants and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is now in the area of Capernaum. I've been to Capernaum. Maybe some of you have as well. I've been to the place where this, took, uh, this event happened. And so Jesus is there and his disciples. And there were those that approached Simon Peter uh, asking this question. Does your master pay tribute? Which means simply, does your, does your master pay tax? It was literally a temple tax that they charged and everybody was expected to pay. And without thinking, as he often did, Peter replied, yes. Well, sure he does. And then they went into the house. That was Simon Peter's house they went into. And as they were in there, Simon Peter was sitting there thinking, contemplating, not only the question that they asked, but I personally think that he was asking himself, how am I going to pay this tax? How am I going to be able to have enough to pay what they're going to require? And Jesus knew his thoughts. By the way, he knows your thoughts. And he knows my thoughts as well. And Jesus asked him about who does the kings of the earth ask uh, or charge tribute or tax of, of strangers or their children. Well, they're not going to tax their children. Well, they're going to tax the strangers. Jesus said, certainly, but unless we offend them, Something about that just kind of stems out to me. I'd like to investigate that a little further. But here he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the sea, and I want you to cast a hook. And the first fish that comes up, there's going to be a piece of money in its mouth. And I want you to take that money out of that fish's mouth, and I want you to go and pay this tax, this tribute, for me and all Peter's heart just leapt, began to leap with joy when he said, and for thee. Now, I believe I'd like to do that kind of fishing, wouldn't you? I've been fishing a lot of times. Hadn't been fishing in years and years and years. But I have been in days gone by. I never caught a fish that had a piece of money in it enough to pay for a candy bar at the store, much less pay the tax. I remember when I was a kid growing up, I'm the baby of the family, I still am. A mama's boy and I wear that badge proudly. My mama's 91. She doesn't know who I am or my sister, but we know who she is. My sisters used to play 
played basketball in high school. We were from, my wife and I are from a little small rural place in southwest Arkansas. If you blinked, you'd miss it if you went through there. A little country school. And uh, my sisters would, and, and they'd go off on a game. My dad would give them each a quarter. Each a quarter. You could get a popcorn for a dime. You could get a soda pop for a dime. And you could get a candy bar for a nickel. Man, my, my, hasn't it changed since those days? Oh, they'd laugh at you. You can't open the door for a quarter now. But I've never caught a fish with money in it, in its mouth. And Jesus said, I want you to go and catch this fish. I want to speak to you tonight just briefly on this subject. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. I believe there's some things that Jesus taught Simon Peter in this message that he's also taught me and he could teach all of us here tonight. Notice, first of all, there's a question that was asked. These uh, individuals, whether it was uh, one or two or three or half a dozen, they came to Simon Peter and said, Does your master pay tribute? There was a question regarding the master. There's still questions today regarding the master. They said, Does your master? They didn't say, Does the master? They didn't say, does our master, they said, does your master pay tribute? And by asking the question in that manner, they were saying, this is all on you. We don't have anything to do with this man called Jesus. We're only looking for things we can find about him that would be a fault so that we could have ought to accuse him. They weren't looking for anything good about Jesus. They were looking, or the followers of Christ, they were looking for things that they could use as ammunition against them in some way. You know, that crowd's still around today. That crowd is still active in this day looking for whatever that they can find to have ought to accuse others about what's going on or what you, what you believe about Christ and what you do in your service to the Lord. They're not always going to understand. God's blessed my wife and I uh, with uh, three children. My wife and I have been married 46 years. She's put up with me for 46 years. Praise God. And we have three children we have nine grandchildren. Nine grandchildren. Hallelujah. And that contraption that we live in out there, that bus, enables us from time to time to see those grandchildren. We'd only see them maybe once a year, some of them. And uh, now that we can, we can go and park in their yard. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, they're all excited about that but not as excited as we are and to see those grandchildren and enjoy them. But here Jesus was the master, and uh, he has preeminence, he has power, and it's a personal relationship we have with him. They said, does your master, I work around people and, and with people in countries that don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe God had a son, and they don't believe that Jesus died upon the cross. 
They believe Judas Iscariot died upon the cross. And that somehow that spirit was transferred into him. He had a spirit in him, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit, I can tell you that. The Bible speaks about the devil himself entered into Judas Iscariot. He was a follower, but he was not a born-again follower of Christ. He identified with them, and he did things. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And there are those who are selling Jesus out today. The Bible says that there was a man named Jairus. He was a keeper of the temple. And uh, he took care of, he was in charge of whatever events or things that took place within the temple of God. And he had a daughter that was 12 years old. And the Bible says she lay a-dying. And he heard Jesus was coming. And so he went to ask Jesus if he would come and heal his daughter. And Jesus said, I will. I will. I'll come. Surprisingly, he could have just said, go your way. Your daughter has been made whole. He did that with a nobleman's son in John chapter 4. He could have just given the word and said, go your way. Your daughter's going to be well. Everything will be fine. But Jesus instead said, I'm going. And wherever Jesus goes, he doesn't pass by somewhere just to be doing that. He knew there was somebody going to meet him on the way. The Bible said there was a woman who had an issue of blood 12 years. And she had been to every doctor and spent every dime she had and was none the better. But she said, if I can just get close enough to touch his clothes, if I can get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, she didn't say he had to lay, lay hands on me. He doesn't have to hold me close to him. He doesn't have to say words over me. But if I can just get close enough to touch his clothes, then everything will be well. And somehow that little bony lady pushed her way through that crowd. They were thronging Jesus as he went. Disciples were there trying to keep people back. And she pushed through the crowd and got up close enough she got to touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus stopped and said, somebody touched me. Oh, we beg and pray for the touch of God. Jesus said, somebody, somebody touched me. The disciples said, somebody touched you, Lord. These people are all around. And no telling them there's all. He said, no, virtue's gone out of me. I know somebody, it's a touch of faith. Somebody's reached out for something. Oh, my friend, wherever you go, whether in America or around the world, there's people reaching out for something that needs something that only Jesus Christ can give and only that God can provide. I've seen them come and go away rejoicing because they learned about Christ. They trusted Him in their heart and their life. How wonderful. This woman confessed all. You know the first thing Jesus said to, to this lady? Daughter. Guess who was standing there listening? Jairus. What did he ask Jesus to do? Come and heal his daughter. He heard this woman confess all that she had been sick for 12 years. And so this, uh, his daughter was 12 years old. And all of this was not just for that woman. It was for helping Jairus also to believe Christ. When God works in your heart, dear friend, and in your life in a miraculous way, it's not just for you. 
It's for those that know you, that see your life, that can recognize God's working within you. God uses that as a testimony for His glory. So they went on their way and they grew near to Jairus' house. This part preacher has always astonished me. There were those who come out and said, well, your daughter has died. Trouble not the master. If he is the master, what's he master of? Jesus looked at Jairus and said, don't believe this crowd. You just follow me and you, you keep your faith in me and you'll see some great things. He went there and said, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And that, that crowd laughed him to scorn. Do you know, my friend, there are those in this world today that are laughing in the face of God because they think they've got it all under control. One day the table's going to turn. God said he's going to laugh in their faces as well. When destruction comes, they'll be crying out. There was a question about the master. By the way, Jesus raised that girl up and brought her. Wouldn't you like to see the look on their faces when they walked out with that girl? And I'm, I'm encouraged by this part as well. Jesus said to, his, to her parents, here, take your daughter and give her something to eat. I like eating, don't you? Praise God, we ate at the preacher's house today. Oh my, it was wonderful. Thank God for that. There was a question about the master. There was a question about money. There's always a question about money. And we usually say, if I just had a little more money, then we get a little more. And if I just had a little more, if I just had a little more, if I could get a little more money, and sometimes we obligate ourselves to try to get that little more money, and it takes us out away from the service of God. You can mark it down, friend. God wasn't in that situation. God wasn't in that situation. Well, I just only work a Sunday or two. God didn't lead you that way. Well, you know, this crowd, if I, I just go do this, it's not quite all on the up and up, but, you know, I'm just going to do it a little while. God didn't lead you that way. I just had a little more money. I love this verse. Isaiah 55, verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, ding, ding, ding. You rang my bell on that one. He that hath no money. Now, everybody's usually got money. Some. I mean, look in your wife's purse. Your wife always has money. Always has money. Some sort, some way. God said, he that hath no money. Come ye by and eat. You got a Walmart here? There's a, there's a Walmart everywhere. Probably one right inside the pearly gates there somewhere. You go to Walmart or some other place, you get one of them buggies. Pull that buggy out and you go down there and it has a wheel on it. That bump, 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 bump. And I think they do that on purpose. So that you'll feel it. And the more you put in that buggy, the heavier it gets, it'll stop bumping so much. 
You fill that dude up to the brim and it's about to run over. You can't hardly, and then you just head for the door. You think they're going to come? Well, let us open the door for you. You think you just fill them up for coming? No, no. They're going to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you forgot something. What? What did I forget? You forgot to pay for that. You can have all you want, but you've got to pay for all of it. You've got to have money. Pull up to the gas pump. Got that little sticker on there with a picture that said, I did that? <laughs> Those of you know what I'm talking about. Pull up there and just fill her up and then drive off. No, wait, wait, wait. You gotta, you gotta pay for that. But God said, he that has no money. The disciples said to Jesus when he fed the multitude, Come time for them to eat. Jesus And the disciples said, get rid of them. Just let them go find their own, which is the attitude of most Baptist churches these days. Just let them go find their own. They know where the church is. They can see the name, the name and the time listed on the sign. If they want to come, they can come. Let them get their own. I'm glad somebody knocked on my door one day. And they asked me as soon as I opened it. They said, Mike, are you saved? No. Would you like to be? Well, sure, yes. God took his little Bible out of his pocket. And by faith, he led me down the Romans road and how to trust Christ as my Savior. I'm glad he didn't have in his mind. Well, just let him find his own. Jesus said, no, you feed him. He said, Lord, we don't have anything. We don't have enough. If we had all this money, we could only buy a little portion. But they just have just a portion, a morsel. Jesus said, what have you got? Well, Andrew said, there's a, there's a lad here. There's a boy here. He's got a few loaves of bread, a couple of fish. But what's that among so many? Jesus said, bring it to me. We've used this story many times. That little boy's mama packed him that lunch. For the day, I'm going to go follow this man named Jesus, Mama. I'm going to have this lunch. Well, you be sure to behave yourself as you go and eat your lunch now while you're out. And now here comes Andrew said, you still got that lunch? Yeah. Jesus wants to use it. What? Yeah, come on. Bring this little boy up to Jesus. He's got this lunch. And Jesus looks down at him and smiles and said, could I have that? Well, Sure. A child will give you most anything. Child. Jesus said, have the faith of a little child. Gave it to him. Jesus took those few loaves and fish and he, he began to, he thanked God for it. And, and then he began to break it. He said, disciples, go get, go get a basket. Every one of them, 12 baskets. They all got a basket and they came. Oh, go get a basket. Get a basket, bring a basket here. And there was green grass in the area and he had had them sit down in fifties and hundreds and said now fellows I'm going to fill this basket up and you take them out to that group and you empty it out and feed them and then you come back and get some more I can see them preachers just walking back and forth how, how is it you could boy they're so excited it was wonderful how, how many you got in your group I got fifty in my group I mean you got I got a hundred in my group I got a, 
And they're just going back and forth, telling them about all what they've, what they've seen and experienced. Now, some of these preachers just want to meet and say, how many did you have in church? make themselves feel better but these disciples were excited I can just see some little kid in that group mama this fish sure is good and it's warm and this bread is so so wonderful we're enjoying it where'd those preachers get this food we're out here where'd they get the food and that mama said you see they're walking in that grass I was raised in the country you walk on that grass, you, for a little while, you go, you're going to leave a path. You see where those men are walking? You see that path? Yes, Mama. It leads right up to Jesus. And, and if you just walk that path, he'll fill your basket too. And you, you walk right up to where Jesus is. You just follow that. That's what those men are doing. And that's what we're to do in our life. We're to walk that path right up to Christ, where Christ, he fills our basket. We go out and share it with others. And we come back and get another basket full. And we keep going and we keep going. And we're just giving out. And it wasn't just a little morsel. The Bible tells us it was all you can eat. They ate till they were full and couldn't have no more. And guess what? There was 12 baskets left over. Full. I've heard others speculate this. and I wouldn't argue with you if you held it or if you didn't. What they do with the leftovers. Jesus said to that little boy, come here. Follow this little boy home. And here come these preachers following that boy. That boy. And his mama looks out there and says, oh, what, what, what in the world's he done now? What, what trouble's he gotten into? What'd he do? I'm sorry, what'd he do? Well, he gave his lunch to Jesus. You did? Yeah. And Jesus gave this all to you. This is yours. You see? You don't follow Christ. I, I was preaching the other night on Luke chapter 5 missions jesus said launch out into the deep let down your nets they only let down one it began to break and they call their partners to come and they fill both boats where there is about to sink off of one net that was breaking and when they got back to shore i asked the question what did they do with them fish the bible doesn't say but i just sort of believe that Jesus looked at that crowd, looked at them, those boats full of fish, and said, help yourself. You see, you don't follow Christ and go away empty-handed. You don't follow Christ and go away empty-hearted. Jesus always has something for you. That, that bus out there, God gave it to us. I literally mean that God gave it to us. And I thank the Lord that he has and that he did. But it costs money. It costs money at the fuel pump. It costs money to have maintenance on it. A long ago it has two what we call inverters in it. What time am I supposed to quit? Sometime today? Okay, I'll stop here in a moment. It has two inverters in it. It, it, it inverts uh, DC to AC to run everything inside it. And they have to be in harmony. And they got out of, out of fellowship. <laughs> and they weren't working properly. Caused us headache. I didn't know anything about that. I had a preacher friend in Florida said, well, if you can bring it here, I think I can help you. He's lived in one for years, and he worked on it. He got them back in, 
in harmony and fellowship. Praise God. I thought we were going to have to buy at least one of those things. But he got them back working. Well, while we were down there, we went to a place called Winter, hey, Winter Garden. Winter Garden, Florida. And they have a place there that works on this kind of bus. And I tried to change the oil myself. I used to do that when I was a kid growing up. And I crawled under that thing and tugged and, and pulled and grunted and all I could. I couldn't get the plug out of the oil pan. I said, I can take it by there and they can do it, zip it off and get it done back in. We'll be back on the road in a few moments. I got it there. Early one morning they come and got it, put it in there, put it up on racks up in the air. And it's a little costly, but it's not that extreme. And, you know, we were thinking, you know, it's going to cost about like this to get that done. And they can do it in a hurry, and we can be back on the road. Well, they got it up on those racks, and they got up under it. And they said, oh, my. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, my, you need this, and this needs to be done, and this has got to be replaced, and and this really needs to be done, and you got to have that. And all of a sudden, it went from here to... And I really did say, oh, my. We don't have money for that. How are we going to do that? Okay, let's just get this done. And So we went into, my wife and I went into this little lounge area, sitting there, kind of like Peter, contemplating, how are we going to pay for this? And in a moment, this couple comes walking in. They had, had drove up in the, uh, one of their buses, high-dollar people, several businesses. And they come in and sit down, very nice, very polite. The gentleman looks at me, and he said, Are you folks retired? I said, No, sir. He said, What do you do? I said, We're in ministry. He said, what kind of ministry? I said, missions. He said, well, there's a lot of different kind of missions. What kind of missions? So I began to tell him what we did and where we go. And the more I talked, the further his mouth fell open. He said, you go to those places? I said, yes, sir. I just got back from some of them. You actually yourself go there? I said, yes, sir. He sat there and looked at me for a moment. And then he said... If I wanted to give a donation to your ministry, how would I do that? I began to see a little light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I said, well, you just, you know, you just give it. <laughs> he said, let me see if I got a check. He looked at his wife and said, honey, you got a check? She said, no, I don't have any. Oh, maybe some in the coach. I'm thinking, God help him to find it. <laughs> he finally found one. He said, here, I got one. He unfolded it, and he turned his back to me, and he's writing, scribbling. He folds it up and hands it to me. I just put it in my pocket. I said, thank you, sir. God bless you. And being a part of what God has called us to do, we're so grateful. He didn't know me. I, I can't even remember his name. He didn't know me. He didn't know us. We didn't know them. He said, I just want to. He said, later, when I feel... God wants me to give to something, I give it. So we went out, and I stopped by the restroom, and while I was in there, I pulled that out of my pocket. I looked at that check. It was enough to pay for whatever we was getting done that day, plus 
what they couldn't do, and we had to go to another one of those places in another state to pay for it, what we got done there. I looked at my wife and I said, God is still faithful. He pays his debts. God paid for that. It belongs to him. It's not ours. God's faithful. There was a question about the master. There was a question about money. There was a question about the means or the method. It's very interesting. The Bible talks about fishermen. Even when Jesus called these men, the Bible says they were casting their nets or they were mending their nets or they were washing their nets. They cast the net over to the right side. They got more than they could hold. Everywhere it's nets, nets, nets. Preacher, as I understand it, this is the only place in Scripture this is mentioned. God said, I want you to take a hook, cast a hook. You see, Jesus wasn't intending Peter to go down there and catch a whole boatload. There was one in particular that hook would bring up. The first fish that comes up. He got money in his mouth. And it'll be enough to pay for mine and for yours. Go get it. Peter didn't sit down and say, well, you know, that fish will be by here in a little while. I'll just talk to him when he comes by here. He had to go get him. I didn't know that day that young man led me to Christ. I had no idea I was going to be a preacher. But God did. I had no idea that one day I'd be speaking here at Calvary Baptist Church in Dundalk, Maryland, but God did. I had no idea I'd be going to places of the world where I never dreamed of going, but God did. There was something there, and somebody had to go get me. And the same thing, friend, for us. You never know when you give that gospel tract, the person that reads it, what God's got planned for them. What God has in mind for that person. But isn't it wonderful God has a plan? And then there was the motive. Why did Peter go do that? If he went down there just to see if it was true what Jesus said, wrong motive. If he went down there just to get the money out of the fish's mouth, wrong motive. If he went for any other reason than to obey what Jesus yeah. said, People look at us and say, why in the world are you doing what you're doing? It's not to see the world. Oh, we love the traveling and meeting wonderful people like yourselves, but we'd probably do it another way. We don't have a house. That's our home. Somebody in South Carolina the other day said, where do y'all live? I said, wherever that thing's parked. We're always home. Always home. My wife has sacrificed a lot. And I think about that. But God has a plan. And God has helped us. 
there was a question. The motive is we do it because it's what God wants us to do. And that's it. Anything else? Wrong motive. There was the quantity, the one, there was the quarrel among them in the next chapter. Who's the greatest? People dying going to hell. Who's, who's going to be in, the, in, in charge? Uh, a lot to be said there. But then the quest was this. I haven't caught a fish in months and years and years and years. I could tell you some stories of some that I caught years ago, but I haven't caught a fish in years. You know why? I haven't been. I haven't been. There's an old retired preacher years ago in a little community where we pastored, and he was a bass fisherman. And he taught me how to bass fish, worm, plastic worm. When you shake hands with him, it feel like a fish on the other end. He had it down to the, he knew exactly. And I enjoyed that, but I haven't, I haven't been in years. And sometimes we think, I've, I haven't led anybody to Christ in so long. Could be because I haven't been. The quest is, we got to go fishing. Because the next fish that you catch may be that one with a coin in his mouth. You never know. But just keep fishing. Keep throwing it out there. Keep doing it for the glory of God. Pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you that you're so wonderful and good and blessed and helped us. Thank you for this time tonight share from our heart, from thy word. Lord, you are faithful that promised. You've proven yourself over and over again. Help us, God, to just lean upon you. Somebody here tonight may be facing a situation, wondering, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through that? Only way we can, Lord, is through you. I pray you'll bless. Thank you for inviting us. Help us to come, respond, do so by faith. We love you, sir, because you first loved us. Thank you for Jesus, all you've done for us. Help us to go tell someone.